In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, let us remember that we are in the holy presence of God. Are you well fed? I'm supposed to remind you, Maria Frances reminded me that I did not remind you, or tell you, I guess request, that you eat a lot. Um, she bought a bunch of food, so uh, eat a lot and take food with you, too. Is that true? Okay. Should, maybe she'd give you a box or something. Um, I also want to thank, uh, having just done Mass, we have some um, servants of the church who work tirelessly behind the scenes. This is Dorothy. she got a name tag there. Dorothy, yeah, can we congratulate Dorothy and thank her? Dorothy's been doing this for a very long time and has helped uh, at Our Lady of Lords forever as a sacristan. And uh, they're the keeper of the keys. They make sure everything happens correctly. And, um, and then Dale in the back is the other sacristan. Thank you, Dale. They're fantastic. When Father Mike is late to Mass, it's Dorothy and Dale who text him. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. So... Some people have been asking, why are you wearing that weird dress? And <laughs> this is called a cassock. It's, um, the, the blacks that we wear as a uniform are a, a sort of um, modified cassock, right? It's pants and a black shirt that, um, this has been traditional garb for priests since uh, the time of Ignatius. That was sort of, um, it, it was the, the uniform of students at the universities. It's, seminaries in Europe, and um, the priests adopted it, one, because it's, su it's supposed to be um, super simple, you know, it's really easy clothes, you just have a few of them, it's kind of like a habit that way, and um, it was really easy to have dark colors, um, they didn't cost anything, you know, it's just throw a bunch of different dyes together, and you get that kind of boring um, color. So uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's also symbolism to it. It's meant to recall, it's black, uh, meant to remind the, the uh, student and the Christian that, um, that we have died with Christ. And it's basically, the, that's the spiritual intuition of that first way, you know, surrender. Give it up. This is not about your ambitions. You're not searching after gold. You're not searching after cool hair cool shoes, um, your own glory. So you're dead. Try Just recognize that. It's easier. And then uh, there's white that surrounds you um, as making a cross that helps to remind us of, uh, of Jesus, the reason that we're doing all of this and we're living, um, and his glory. And then to remind us that um, though we have died, we live in hope, that hope surrounds us. And white is the color of baptism, of this sort of purity and sanctity and um, both the goal of life, but also recognizing that that um, has become our life. We're kind of slaves to, slaves to Christ means um, sharing in his glory. And um, so it's sort of the paradox of that. So there's some of the symbolism. There's, um, in a, there's the shirt we wear now, there's just a little plastic tab that you can put in there or whatever. So that's all modified. Before that, um, there was all kinds of different uh, ways that priests dressed. And um, way back when, we're not sure exactly, but 
Um, the principles are basically just um, simple and um, somehow dignified. So anyway, that's a cassock. It inspires me to re uh, reminds me of uh, Saint Ignatius, and um, I'm proud to kind of pass on to you his knowledge. So um, it's also sem semi-formal, in, at least in Rome, and um, part of our history. Okay, we're traditional people, Catholics. <laughs> All right, so second half, the first half was a warm-up. We're doing exercises with Ignatius. First half was warm-up exercises. That's not even the exercise yet. <laughs> um, it's a way of life that sort of disposes us to God. You, you're walking the way of inner peace that leads us to giving up all of our expectations about the past, about the future, giving it to God. It's not mine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm entering the quiet with God. Um, he can have the past. I have just I just live in the present, you know. And then this whole present experience, which is actually only the only reality we have, um, it's uh, something just na now is what what life is, and we're offering all of that to God in the present. So we dispose ourselves, giving all of these things, and um, make ourselves open to the presence of God saying, I want to do your will. I want to give you my life. Um, okay, problem is, then we got to figure out what his will is, right? Um, how do you figure that out? Ask a priest? Yeah. <laughs> Ask a friend? I don't know. Uh, when, I thought it, when I thought I was called to the priesthood, I asked my party friends. Those were the only friends I had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not a lot of religious friends. I, I, asked, my, I asked my party friends, and um, they all said, yeah, you should do it. You're kind of a priest. I was like 18. I had no, no expectation of that. And I think the Lord spoke through them. So God can, God can talk to us in a lot of different ways. Um, I want to I tell you about what I think is the, um, a kind of direct line um, to the voice and the experience of God that I think is very um, underappreciated in the Christian life. So I plugged this as a way for you to um, exercise your powers to be mystics. Do you remember that? If you were at Mass, you heard that announced this, this um, retreat announced that way. We're going we're gonna, to um, wake up the mystic inside of you. Huh? Um, you've been baptized, and that means you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And the Holy Spirit of God has um, gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, um, three of which are wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. It, those come from outside. That's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge that doesn't belong to your experience. You didn't get it from experience, and it doesn't come from your brain, you know, from gathering it from your senses. It comes somehow directly from God, or it's potentially there. Um, but you do have to pay attention to it. A lot of our lives are lived with, um, well, there's an invitation for, for every Christian to live in a profound friendship with Jesus. And we like to talk about, um, Jesus is my friend, or you should be friends with Jesus. Um, but friends, yeah, and spend time with, with your friends, right? Um, 
Part of that life is coming to Mass, receiving the sacraments. That's actually the most profound, but also the most simple part of our religion that Jesus has given to us. He says, do this in memory of me. It's a very common denominator that's extraordinarily profound. We grow in appreciation as we grow in sanctity. And, um, but it's just straightforward. He knows that w- what human beings are, and he appeals to our senses. Here's water. Put it on your head. Um, it's, uh, it's like cleaning. You know? It's uh, symbolic that way. He feeds us with his body and his blood. Touch this. Taste this. I'm giving you myself. It's profound. It's profoundly um, human, this sort of interaction with uh, the senses. There's also another level of us. Or there's lots, of, lots to a human being, and part of that is the mind. And Jesus wants to meet us in our mind and has uh, the potential to meet us in our mind. And the Holy Spirit has a potential to guide our mind into um, hearing God, hearing his voice, um, coming to know him more, seeing God, and guiding our life. Um, there's, a, there's a potential. You have a sense. Um, we, we talk about you know, five senses, like a sixth sense. That's not just for weird people who like, look for ghosts and stuff. <laughs> You, uh, there's, there's a potential for us to meet God um, that is a different kind of experience, dif- different sense in mystical prayer, in meditation. Um, you may have experienced these profound moments in your life, most of us do, where you're like, that was God. I don't know how to explain it. I probably can't explain it to anybody else, but I know that was God. Um, that happens to most people one, two, three times in a lifetime. Um, and it's great. It's usually great. Uh, sometimes it's scary. Like, phew, I got to get my life in order, you know. Um, but usually it's something. Um, well, even that's helping us. But usually it's very edifying, very a lot of consolation, and um, we run after those moments, but we can't expect them. You know? But you can dispose yourself to this more often. And Ignatius thought, if you pray every day like this, then you're going to take those moments of encounter with God from an experience that happens twice or three times in a lifetime to an experience that happens twice or three times in a week. And you're going to get to know Jesus really, really good. Um, You're going to know who your friend is. You're going to tell people, well, I do this. They're going to say, why are you doing that? Like, why aren't you angry as a driver anymore? And you say, well, because I talked to Jesus about it. He showed me. Um, I don't have to. Um, he, he can influence our lives in lots of profound ways. Big ways, little ways. It's amazing what Jesus can do. But we've got to give him the stage. So a lot of the, a lot of the Christian life and our friendship with Jesus is in dialogue is us talking to him. I want this. I need this. Um, I like you. You're cool. Um, please help my you know, friend. Um, that's good. That's part of friendship. Um, but how do we listen, you know, from the other side? Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to be your friend, too. You know, that's okay. Um, it's, it's great, you know. He's not just a great person who we can learn about. He's a person that you can really know and you can walk through life with. So um, 
this is one, one way of that. Um, I think every Christian has these little experiences that remind them that we're close to Jesus and that he loves us and that inspire our trust. There is something always of walking in faith, but this is um, a way to open our hearts and our minds to the presence of God. Okay? I hope that's a good sell. I hope you want that. Um, if you don't, well then, good, you know, have patience for the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, okay. So, Ignatius gives us a method for that, um, that experience. And I want you to look, here's his, his method on page, oh, we don't have numbers for the pages. Yeah, so this is called meditation. Uh, this has been a Christian practice for a very long time. It's mental prayer. Um, contemplation is another word for it. Um, meditation, mental prayer. What's particularly genius about Ignatius's method is that he says we use our imagination exclusively. You know, you don't have to do like exercise positions like the yogis. You don't have to do um, a pilgrimage, which is these are good, you know, they can be helpful techniques. But he says, all you need is your imagination. And this is why I love this for young and old and everybody. You can do this in a hospital bed. You can do this, um, uh, don't do it in your car. Somebody told me um, that they love to do meditation on the drive to work. But it makes me scared for the other drivers. <laughs> like, good for you and Jesus, whatever. <laughs> okay, so... He says with five simple steps, you're going to use your imagination to um, provide a stage for God to enter and to interact with you. Okay? He suggests that we do it this way with his five steps. Remember that you are in the holy presence of God. That should be simple. It doesn't take very long. It's just leaving the world space and um, getting into this sacred space. And like I said, this can happen anywhere. You can do the meditation. He says, do it where you're comfortable, very comfortable, as comfortable as you can, um, but you're not going to fall asleep because then you, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, but the comfort is helpful, you know. You want to silence your body and be in your imagination, okay. So um, remember that you are in the holy presence of God. Ask for the Holy Spirit to guide the meditation. If it's just you, then, you know, who knows? You might, uh, a lot of times when we do start mental prayer, especially, you're going to have to fight this temptation. It's like, I'm talking to myself, and I'm talking to myself with the voice of God. Um, that's probably true for a lot of it. Stop. <laughs> um, don't try to convince yourself of anything. Don't try to manufacture some sort of grace. I need this. I think this would be an interesting thought about this um, image meditation. Just um, let God come and, and be there and interact with you. And I just assure you that you'll know the difference. I don't know how exactly sometimes a God can even speak in your own mind's voice. But you'll know that it's not you. And that's, that can sound funky, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's good. Okay, so then he says, express a desire. Tell, the God, tell God a grace that you seek. You should always have a life project if you're um, Ignatian. And you say, I want to glorify you. I want peace. I want to help somebody. Um, be very specific. And um, your prayer won't always be related to that. Sometimes it will respond to that desire. 
Um, probably, frequently it will, um, but uh, sometimes it will have nothing to do with that, um, that prayer. But it's good to call to mind. Okay, and then we use our imagination. And he says, you use your senses. This is the, the genius of the Ignatian way, is the application of the senses. So he says, what do you see? You're going to enter into a, a scene from the life of Jesus. Um, he also has other meditations, like the creation, um, the resurrection, the enthronement of God, a call of the king. He's, he sets up the scene where it's like, Jesus is on a battlefield, and he comes up to you, and he says, you know, will you follow me? That's early on in the exercise. Most of them are just stories from the life of Jesus in the Gospels. And that's really another point of ease and simplicity to this method. When you meditate, what I mean is, and what Ignatius means, is you take your Bible, you look into the Gospels, you find a story, and you enter into that. So you read the story, and then you do this imaginative prayer. And you're going to enter into that story. Um, one helpful way a lot of Catholics like to, to do this is to use the gospel for the, um, the Sunday to come. Um, but I also encourage people to simply walk through the gospels. And don't, find your don't, don't start with finding your favorite. Um, go to just, just let God work through the story. And um, it could be very strange stories. We're going to meditate on a kind of a strange passage, the reading for today. But God can work in very mysterious ways here. So we're going to get into our imagination. It, doesn't, it shouldn't take too long, but sometimes it, you have to clear distractions, silence yourself, quiet your body, quiet your mind, um, and then enter into this story with the application of the senses. What do you see there? Who are the characters that are around there? Um, Jesus, the disciples, Mary, the angels, the, um, a crowd. There's always these different characters in the stories of the gospel. So who's there? And where are you? Who are you? Uh, you might be a character. Um, you might be Jesus. I don't know why I put you there, but... <laughs> uh, you're already in conformity to Christ. You could be Jesus. Um, he, he, it's up to God, you know. And part of your mind, too. You'll see this is how, kind of how it works. Okay, what do you see? What do you hear? Um, is someone speaking? That could be part of the story itself from the gospel, what's being said. could also be other things that are, um, are um, going on around you. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? Um, that's tangible stuff. Mary just grabbed my hand. She's greeting me. Oh, that's nice. You know, feel. Um, it could be, I feel very angry at somebody. It's distracting me. It's here. I'm trying to bring it to Jesus. I'm mad. Why am I mad? You know, it's, feeling is, is broad that way. It's both the, the, the sensation uh, of the place. You know, it's cold. It's, it's the wind, um, whatever. Uh, what do you taste? That's a little more specific, usually. Um, I've only ever had this one really work into a profound meditation for me. I've heard lots of weird graces around taste, um, but um, with baking bread. Our lady baked a, this loaf of bread that was really tasty for me at one point. Um, oh, no, I had my face shoved into the, um, 
into the mud with the pigs one time in the prodigal son. <laughs> that tasted. <laughs> I forgot about that. There's probably others. Um, and uh, what do you smell? Um, you'll be, yeah, you will be surprised by these things. I've had meditations. Now, God works with your, here's the, here's the thing. You're, you're kind of entering into a place physiologically that I think is something like um, lucid dreams. You know, lucid dreams. You're in this state where your subconscious is trying to process something. That happens in sleep. I don't know exactly how it works. Um, it doesn't seem like anybody really does. But um, the, the brain fires lots of images for that we've experienced so that we can relate to them or that's just what's there. Um, and it helps to process whatever is going on in life. Sometimes they're related to the stresses in our life, the joys in our life, fears that we have. Um, sometimes they're very random. Sometimes they bother us, all of these things um, in the lucid dreams, but, or in, in the dream state. Um, that's where we don't have any control over that. That's not exactly what this is. We're, there's also this state where you're dreaming, you know you're in this, this other kind of conscious state, but you also have some control in that. That's what they call the lucid dreams, right? And it's usually a very kind of slight time, either as we're getting into dreams or as we're coming out of dreams, right? Um, this is entering, basically, it's, it's a method of entering into that sort of subconscious place and inviting God to be there and use that power in a human being, that place in a human being, um, to interact with us. This very flexible, very fun, and a, I think very fantastic kind of place. It's very closely related to your subconscious. A, an area that's very hard to access for us regularly. And it's, it also uses your powers to, to imagine and your will. You know, you're kind of driving and then you stop and you are, but you're not. I don't know. But you can, you don't want to fall asleep, so you're kind of always sort of aware that you can be awake, you know. We're not trying to go into the kind of trance that's very strange or I don't. Um, this is about... Uh, providing a restful mind as a stage for God, okay? All right, so um, the application of the senses is really the, the method. And then he says, be patient. Let God direct your mind. You've probably experienced a lot of uh, distractions, um, a lot of sort of fighting to say, you know, is this me? Am I still doing this? this the scene isn't coming together. I don't know where I am. This, is this working? Um, should I keep doing it? Should I stop? I don't, you know, patience. Just stay there, you know. Kind of run over these things, build the scene. If the scene's not there, coming together, work on another sense. Let it, just let it happen. And then don't force the story. Let the story happen. And it can happen, um, yeah, it'll just, it, it will. It'll just happen. It's kind of like dreams that way. Um, so be patient. Let something happen. And then Ignatius says at the end, you spend just a few minutes in a colloquy. That's what, uh, the word that he uses for a conversation with whoever you met in your prayer. So if you met Mary, you're talking to Mary. If you met the angels, you're talking to them. If you met the shepherds, you're talking to them. If it's the, the soldier who's beating Jesus, you're talking to him. Um, Jesus, right. So that's the colloquies. You just are responding and you're kind of coming out of this place. Um, and then he says, do this a lot, um, this meditation. 
So hopefully, you know, with these steps, you can see that it's very simple. You're spending, you're going to spend most of your time um, setting a stage, and then paying attention to sort of being attentive to God. Doesn't always, I don't know, something doesn't always happen. You could come out of it and just say, "Thank you, God. I'm glad that I offered you this time today." But often, some very powerful things happen, and very uh, it works with your personality. So going to be hard to explain to other people how God worked in those graces. They sound very strange. I was meditating on the, on the crucifixion of Jesus once, and the background music was punk rock. Uh, <laughs> he showed me how uh, my, a lot of my anger is directed at, at problems in the world, and that I like punk because I want to, want to fight against the systemic problems in the world and evil. And there's part of me that rages against God because I say, why are you the puppet master? Why are you, why is there all these problems? And he says, no, 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 you're seeing it wrong. And he, he kind of showed me how he's the truest punk and <laughs> how he's sticking it to, to evil, that Satan rules this world. And that's why you're seeing this stuff. That's why you're angry and you're, and you're fighting against it. And he said, I don't mind that you're a punk. I want you to be a punk. But you got to direct it to the right, in the right directions. And it was powerful. But I don't think it's normative. So <laughs> you might not be so punk. You might not really welcome that background music. Uh, the Sex Pistols or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's different for everybody. No? But it works. And it's beautiful. So he encourages his, his uh, retreatants, his directees, to pray for an hour at a time. And he, um, on the, in the exercises, this formal retreat that you make for 30 days in silence that sets it up, it's kind of a like boot camp for the rest of your life of meditation. He uh, invites them to make five hours of meditation a day, one hour each. He's very big on discipline, so um, he says, if you find yourself distracted and you don't want to finish your hour, that's probably not healthy. Do an hour and five minutes. And um, it's, it's good. If you can make a 30-day retreat in silence, then good for you. You should. Um, most of us can't do that. Um, I can't do that right now. Um, I bet most of you can't do that. So uh, he also says it's unnecessary. It's helpful, but it's unnecessary. What's necessary is that you make time in your regular life to just pray this way to meditate, to give God that space. So um, 20 to 30 minutes is about the minimal that I've seen work um, because it takes a lot of time to sort of come out of our own head and worries and distractions and all of these things. Um, but it's very profound if you can do it. So if you can do it in 10 minutes, you could try it. I, that'd be great. You know, it's up, to, it's up to God. And he might give you a special grace to do that. You know? But I do recommend um, between, well, a half an hour if you can. And an hour is um, a lot of time. So um, that's kind of his ideal. He says don't do more than an hour. You'll get burnt out on it. But, um, yeah, if you have the time and you want to do a full, you know, meditation, it's an hour. Um, okay, so we're entering into this place and I want to just, I want to just practice that. Um, I think we're running out of time. 
probably way over time. Um, but I want to, let's practice at least the meditation. Now, you're not going to probably walk away um, floating today. You need an hour for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll practice and enter in um, just so I, you can hear kind of what, it's very simple. It's just going to follow this, this schema. But I want to, um, yeah, I want to just s sort of give you the sense that you can do this and that your brain can do this. You know, a lot of people think, no, there's more creative people, or, you know, that's for artists or something like that. But um, this is really for everybody who has an imagination, and you, you do. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, I'm going to read the, the um, gospel from today, but I want to set it up first. So um, close your eyes. Ignatius recommends closing your eyes. You're trying to, trying to become present to um, your mind and to your imagination. So uh, breathe deeply. Even if you're scared, you don't know what this is, you don't trust Father Mike, this is weird, I'm tired. So you're going to try to let go of everything. Try to recall the, the um, kind of points of meditation that we were working on before so that you can become present, to leave the past, leave the future, and just be present to the Lord and to your mind. Um. Yeah, he says, come away and rest a while with me. So we're giving rest to our mind right now. Okay, well, let's warm it up. I want you to think. I want you to smell the um, baking bread. I like that one. Try to smell baking bread. How about feel what you felt when you were driving here today? Okay. Um, try to hear the song that we were singing for mass. See your favorite person. See an enemy. What are we missing? Oh, well, well we did feel. Uh, we did smell. Oh, the taste. Uh, what should we? What should we taste? Um, taste. Uh, your favorite flavor of ice cream. Okay, that's just to, to warm up our head. You don't have to really do that, but um, it can help just it should be very vivid. If you're having trouble with um, identifying the senses or calling them to mind for your imagination, using them, um, sometimes those real cheap and immediate sort of um, images and flavors and uh, sounds can help us. Okay, so we're resting with the Lord. And we invite you, Lord, into our presence. Let us remember that we are in the holy presence of God. Come, Holy Spirit, guide our prayer. Express the, the desire that you seek with this um, prayer.
This is the gospel um, from John 7. Some in the crowd who heard these words of Jesus said, this is truly the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But others said, the Christ will not come from Galilee, will he? Does not scripture say that the Christ will be of David's family and come from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them even wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. So the guards went to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not bring him? The guards answered, never before has anyone spoken like this man. So the Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, is accursed. Nicodemus, one of their members, who had come to him earlier, said to them, Does our law condemn a man before it first hears him and finds out what he is doing? They answered and said to him, You are not from Galilee also, are you? Look and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Then each went to his own house. So you're asking yourself, what do I see? In your mind's eye, you can look around. Some particular characters and then whatever else can be around. What do I hear? What do you feel right now? Try to feel in the scene. Can you smell anything? Is there a smell to the scene, to Jesus, the characters, yourself? And then there's, is there any taste in the, in the scene? All right, so here's the awkward part. We're going <laughs> to stay here for five minutes, okay? And um, know that everybody else is too, so don't be afraid that way. Um, but try to just be as present as you can in that uh, meditation in that place.
Okay, take a few seconds to make your um, colloquy. If you, um, if you met anybody or you rece received any grace in the prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been doing this for a long time, and I didn't get into the scene. <laughs> uh, five minutes is short, but I want you to experience that um, also knowing that um, it happens, and it'll happen. And I hope that it, um, if, you, if you got into the scene quick, you're going to be really, really, really good at this. Um, and if, if, like me, it um, does, doesn't happen in the first five minutes, then you got to trust and get to, uh, get, to, to, get to 10 minutes, usually, um, if you don't sort of enter in in 10 minutes. But by then, you should also kind of have lost track of time. So then um, uh, you don't, don't, like, time yourself and watch for these things, except for, set a little alarm for the end of the prayer. Okay, this is the real, uh, the real joy and the fruit of this uh, retreat is going to come this week because you're going to do this homework. Uh, three, you're going to pick three times when you go home in this retreat. You're going to pick three times in your week that you're going to schedule for meditation. And uh, it has to be at least a half an hour block. Make sure that you can really get away from life and that you put aside life things. Half an hour is not that long. Bachelor's like three, four hours. <laughs> I don't know, maybe on a season finale. Uh, yeah, so pick at least um, three times. Schedule them. I mean that. Not willful thinking. Um, scheduled prayer. And you're going to make your meditations. Um, if you think beforehand about a meditation, it might help. Um, I recommend right now something that has to do with um, the way of the cross or Jesus in the garden, something that relates to our time, our liturgical time right now. Um, I love and frequently meditate on the uh, nativity of Jesus. Um, some of those real, like, particular visual scenes are helpful, especially as we're, like, practicing. Um, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, yeah, particular scenes. Scenes from the mysteries of the rosary. Those are very tangible. That's why they're mysteries of the rosary. That's a meditation prayer too. Um, okay, and then you're going to practice this. Application of the senses. Uh, prayer with the imagination. At least a half an hour and up to an hour. Don't do more than an hour. Um, you'll probably be neglecting something you need to do. Um, Okay, so I, I, hope that, um, I hope that you've seen at least the simplicity of his way today. Um, I, you, can't, you can't teach everything about the Christian life um, in a morning. Um, in the morning, you, uh, my hope was to, to uh, lead us into a place of rest and reflection with Jesus, um, give you some skills to take with you to help... Um, enliven your spiritual life. And I think these skills are the best that I know and um, that they can 
transform your life, uh, the renewal of your mind, that you, they can enliven your friendship with Jesus, can make you a saint, they can give you peace and resolution like you've never known before, um, basically let you live in heaven, um, they can give you courage and strength in ways that you, you didn't know. Um, it lets God work in your life and work in a very, very personal way. So, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing the many graces. If they're not too strange, uh, let me know. <laughs> Some of the graces that come in prayer, whether it's working, if you have any advice about how to, how to teach um, other Catholics, I'm going to keep teaching a lot of people about the, uh, the Ignatian exercises. Um, there's a whole bit about praying in a, um, an examination of your life throughout the day that is kind of a third piece of the Ignatian um, schema. And um, I can't teach that. I can't go into much depth about that because we're out of time. But it's really about asking yourself throughout the day, am I focused on my goal, which is to glorify God, you know? It's something like uh, they taught us when you're stretching and you do this one. Do you do this one? I hate stretching. This hurts already. Uh, it helps to focus on a point in the distance, and then it gives you balance. And if you don't, you can start to, like, wobble and everything, and you, you know, fall. This is just remind yourself throughout the day, am I glorifying God? I want to be glorifying God. I'm going to keep trying. And that's um, a way to unite ourselves with, with um with God and his will throughout the day. Um, but you, the place where you really find out what does God want for my life, how can I glorify God with my life, is in the meditation. He's going to come to you and tell you, I want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. Um, thank you for doing this. A lot of it is thank you for doing this. That's beautiful. Uh, it's very consoling. Um, he's, if you have questions about where to go with something, he'll help direct you in all of these things. So... Um, and ultimately, Jesus wants the glory of God, and surprisingly, he wants your glory. He wants you to be awesome. He wants you to be a saint and to be very impressive in the world for him. But not because you are, or I am, but because he is. And um, so we give up everything, and you're going to receive much more. You, know? you can give up your job, uh, lots of money at the Coca-Cola plant, <laughs> and find out that you... Um, are taking over the Google. <laughs> uh, yeah, God wants great, great things for you, and uh, he's going to give them to you in prayer. So um, we thank him. We're going to remind ourselves of the first principle and foundation and the goal of the Christian life and of human life, which is to praise, reverence, and serve the Lord, and uh, by doing so to save our souls. Um, if you turn with me to the uh, last page of the missalette, actually, this one wasn't printed. Last page of the Missalette. What am I looking at this one for? Uh, the back cover. It's really the back cover. That's it. Yeah. Breaking bread. There's a prayer called the Divine Praises, and it's extraordinarily beautiful. It's a classic. Um, we're going to chant those Divine Praises with a nice old traditional melody. I don't know where it comes from, but we used to sing this in the seminary. It's my favorite, and they know it too. Um, so our, our object is of life is to praise, reverence, and serve the Lord. And the little things go a very, very long way. Um, if you can say that you ever did that, you, um, 
will probably be at, at peace with yourself in the end. You know? uh, we're going to make that really easy and just do it now. <laughs> and then you try to do it all the time with all of the moments of your life. Blessed be God. Blessed, Blessed be his holy name. Blessed, Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do we have any announcements? Take a lot of food. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear. She's waving me off. Okay, God bless you all. Never before. 